Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Cantu, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. All right, help me welcome today's guest, uh, my good friend, Jesse Carballo. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? Uh, man, I'm doing well, except I'm a little... A little frustrated here. We we uh <laughs> we got twenty minutes into the podcast, into the recording, and then something weird happened. I don't know what happened. It's never happened before. The computer just shut down, and we lost the content for twenty. It's minutes. It's cool, man. No worries. We can go ahead and go through it right now. Man, we said some stuff that was incredible. That I don't know if it, we can repeat it. So <laughs> we'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, appreciate your your patience, man. Um, so, so what's up, man? What's, what's been new with you? I, I know that you're getting ready for, uh, baby number two. Yep. Little baby, boy. Ba- little boy coming, man. You have a name? Uh, yeah, actually it's, it's funny because everybody keeps asking me if, uh, if it's going to be Jesse Carvalho the third, uh, you know, cause I'm a oh, junior. You're, you're junior. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, we, we kind of decided from long ago that we were going to go the Jesse route. Okay. It was, uh, we were thinking of maybe Jacob, Jacob Carvalho. Okay. Uh, my nice. wife wants a middle name. I'm not big on the middle name oh, so really? it's like yeah so we're it's funny we're not even debating the first name it's really more the middle name <laughs> we're going back okay. and forth and I, I don't even know why i'm debating it because i'm not even big on middle names so yeah. i just i guess because it's like what are we going to call them you know middle name wise <laughs> does uh does Lindsay have a middle name uh yeah oh, yeah her did. middle name is uh juliet so Juliette. it's Lindsay juliet yeah, that's pretty. yeah that's pretty yeah well um you know jacob john ryan yeah, got a, got a bio. That, yeah, that yeah. Great, I, I've even thought of uh, Jacob Tyrone, man. Tyrone. Yeah, man. there you go, man. <laughs> oh man, there's a guy listening whose name is Tyrone. He's like, what's what's so what's funny about that? <laughs> uh, that's good, man. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm I'm happy for you and Lucy uh, expanding your family. Thank you, man. Um, I know Lindsay. Lindsay and my daughter Layla. They get they get along. Yeah, uh, yeah pretty they well. Are, man. We, we we hang out every now and then, and yeah. it's always fun. We were just talking about how uh, it's crazy that. You know, families they kind of unite other other families, and they like do. when you don't have kids, um, even if you grow up together. So, like if you and I grew up together, and I I had a kid, and, and you didn't, um, even if we hung out together all the time, now it's probably a little bit different mm-hmm. because yeah. I have a kid, and yeah. and you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, do you notice that with a lot of your? Oh friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I notice that with a lot of my friends that you know some of them are either married or not married. You know, at their age right now, and. The ones that we hang out with more nowadays is, is, is the people with kids, you know, friends yeah. of mine that have kids, and even people that I didn't even grow up with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through the years. Um, it, it's it's so different because they're in a different time of their life, and I'm in mine. And not to say I don't, we don't hang out with any married couples or young adults, but it's like it, it's because we can relate more with people that have kids. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different, yeah. and so we're able to kind of go back and forth about things and. And share experiences with one another. Do you think um, that it's it's beneficial? Because you know, here at our church, you know, we recently did some kind of restructuring of our leadership, and we were thinking about you know our next youth uh, youth group leaders. So we we have we have youth pastors, and then we have individual. We have high school mm-hmm. leaders, and then uh, middle school. And as we were thinking about this, I I, I thought it would be really beneficial for um, for someone to come in who didn't have kids, because mm-hmm. I feel like. If you don't have kids, you can give, you know, pretty much all all your time and attention to the kids that you're you're ministering to. Um, not to say that if you have kids and you're a youth pastor, you're <laughs> you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But 
I, I feel like it's it's kind of an upper hand um, in some ways. Yeah, and it can definitely be on the upper hand that where you can have someone like that because of the time timing. I remember when I was young and single, I said, "Oh yeah, he has Jesse has all the time. Yeah, he could do this, he could do that," and, and they would dump all sorts of stuff on me from yeah. church. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it it helps. Um, there is some, of course, some cons to it versus also the pros, but it does help because I mean, one, they're not married, they're not tied down to someone, and two, they don't have kids. Mm-hmm. So you would imagine maybe they'll be done with school that they can maybe have a little more time to dedicate to the young people, yeah. and you know they might be able to relate to them because um, you know some of them may be younger, or if it's someone a little bit older that's single and youth pastor, youth leader, they can be able to still relate to them, but maybe they can view them in a different sense, mm-hmm. not necessarily as an older brother, but maybe. An older sense of uh, like an uncle's type yeah. figure. Yeah, yeah. Kid, kids are uh, they're they're a good uh, excuse sometimes, like to get out of certain things. So like, yep. Yep, <laughs> if you definitely. want to get out of some church responsibilities, uh, have a kid and just blame it on your kid. Well, yeah, I, I got to get out of here by eight thirty. You know, my yeah. my son's got to go to sleep. Yeah, I've been I've been to different services. Uh, graduation service funerals or something i'm like i had to take my kid out because uh, you know she's crying or acting up and yeah. i don't have to be in there for yeah. whatever it is Dude, yeah i feel you man did you have to change uh like i don't know how your dynamic was uh relationship wise with your um with your young adults when you were when you were the young adults pastor i don't know if it changed when when Lindsay came like i don't know if you stopped Hanging out, like going out to eat after church, you know that that, that was always like a big thing. I, I loved going out to eat after church. Oh, dude, it, I don't like yeah. it now. <laughs> if it's at, like, if it's like a Friday night or yeah. like a Saturday night service, and people are like, "Oh, we're going out to eat, bro," I'm like, "I'm going home, man. I'm tired. I'm yeah. jacking the box or something." Yeah, <laughs> well, it, it, you know what? That happened a lot um, when we were just married, Lucy and I. We went to everything. Every, every, everybody was wanting to get together. Let's go do this. And mm-hmm. we would go and do it. But when Lindsay came in the picture, um, it seemed like everything came to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucy was more, of course, you know, stayed behind with Lindsay. I kind of went out. Uh, but for me, it's not the same. Like if yeah. Lucy sometimes not there when we're with our young adults. It just wasn't always the same. So I would, you know, hey, guys, I'm going to take a rain check. And they would be like, man, Jesse, you told, you told us that last time. And I'm like, no, next time, next You're time I'll go. Out, yeah, and sometimes it's because, <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, I, I need to get home because I knew that, you know, there's responsibility. Lucy's been with Lindsay for most of the day or night. Let me just try to help her put Lindsay to bed. Or at least I wanted to see Lindsay. I haven't seen her all day. Let me. I want to see her before she goes to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always that feeling, man. You just want to, you know, go back to your family and whatnot. And being with the young adults, man, I mean, you just have to kind of say, nah, you know what? I can't do it tonight. And yeah. and when I did do it, man, they were so excited and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Uh, I want to, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, um, your journey with, with young adults. Um, but what, what are you doing now, man? I know that you're, you stepped down recently, I think yeah. last year. Yeah. Last September, Lucy and I stepped down as young adult pastors. We had, di- we had done it for about five and a half years. Um, and, and before that we were doing it for about two, two and a half years under another leader. Okay. Uh, so we just recently stepped down from it. Okay. Yeah. And um, are, are are you kind of in a transition period? Or, or yeah, actually we are. Um, part of the reason why we stepped down was we we wanted to focus on our family. Of course, now baby number two is coming. Yeah. So hey, it, Job it, well done. It, yeah, yes, uh, <laughs> I, I checked that one off. You know, so I you know that's a, that's a big relief. You know, we're we're in that we're in that uh, the baby mode season. So we are excited for that. And then also uh, we're. Uh, I decided to go back to school, and that was part of the reason also as well. Uh, with all the time, you know, dedicated ministry, I wanted to step back and be able to go back and finish school, which I have about a year to finish, so yeah. I'll be done getting oh, my I, degree. I, I feel you, man. Ministry can definitely be 
draining and uh, you know kind of keep you from you know s- certain things and and um, it, it's good that you're you know taking this step you know to, to kind of grow I think a lot of people um, they're they're afraid to, to step down sometimes mm-hmm. and sometimes stepping down from a, from a position is is necessary so that you can focus on you and uh, and your life and, and your family yeah so you and grow. I think what happens a lot of people get very comfortable and I think we were starting to get comfortable where it was just, you know, you, you don't want to be there because of the title because, mm-hmm. oh, I'm in the title, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so leader for this church. And, and you don't want that to be who you really are because before you became that leader, you were, you were you, right. you know, and even after you get done with that title, that role, you're still you, you know, so that title doesn't define who you are. Yeah. And so a lot of leaders, they just kind of, you know, seldom just fall into it. And they, they feel like because they have a little power, they have a little bit more of a lead way where people are looking up to them. Um, and, and I even told Lucy, my wife, that was like, you know, a lot of these young adults are going to look for us either way, whether we're in this role or not. And, and sure enough, even after we've been done, they look for us. They'll message us, hey, we miss you. We're praying for you. Hey, let's get together. And, and so you, you see the impact of it from it, yeah. from it all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, well, several people, and, and they they all kind of said the same thing that um, a lot of pastors, especially older pastors, and we see um, we see a lot of that, you know, particularly in in uh, our our Assemblies of God district here here down in, in Houston. Uh, there's a lot of pastors that have been pastors for a very very long time, and um, I mean we're we're no one to say hey it's time you know for you to retire, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that um, there are people. Um, in, in whatever ministry or whatever position, you know, ministry or not, that kind of um, overstay their, I wouldn't say welcome, but maybe calling, <laughs> you know, they, they, they just don't know what to do next. Yeah. And so, like you said, they're, they're comfortable. Um, so they, they stay in a position that um, um, would probably be better off in someone else's hands. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times when that happens, I've seen, I've seen dozens of pastors and people I've known that have been in roles for, for years that they don't even think about who would be the next person to take over the spot. I've always learned in leadership that, um, you know, you always want to work your way out of a role, work right. your way out of a yes. position. I learned that early on. And I remember hearing that from a, a, a friend of ours he, um, that told us that. He, he's a pastor friend, and he mentioned that. He said the first day he took on a role, that he would say that. And I was just like, wait a minute, I'm just starting the role. How, how can I work my way out of it? What am I trying to really do? And you really, what you're trying to do is trying to duplicate yourself into someone else. Right. You want to leave the the ministry with where someone can uh, be able to take it on. And one of the things I remember I was sharing at a leadership conference recently was that, um, man, if God forbid anything happened to you, you were to die or move away to another city, state, whatever it is, uh, whatever the case may be. Um, that ministry organization you, you, you belong to there at that moment, um, they will move on. Yeah. They will mourn for you. They will cry for you. Yeah. They will feast without you, yes. at, you know, after you're long gone. But they <laughs> will continue on. It will continue moving forward. That ministry does not stop the day you're gone or you've transferred away. You know, it, it's, it, it will continue on. So you have to think, who, who, who am I going to leave? What am I going to leave behind? for someone else to continue this on and we're thankful to see that the leadership that was there and you know has continued on with what we left behind there at the church we're at yeah that's good man that's good and um 
that, that I think that also goes both ways because it's not just you know people kind of staying forever. I think I've seen a lot of younger people, people in my my generation, uh, not not stay long enough, or or maybe it's not that they're not staying long enough, but uh, there's 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 a lot more t- turnover. Um, in ministry these days, I, I, at least I think um, maybe we're a little bit more—I don't know—ambitious. A- maybe we we see ourselves in other places. Maybe we don't see ourselves in one place. I, for example, um, I, I I never wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> yeah. And um, I I to this day I don't see my pa- I don't see myself pastoring for fifteen, twenty, twenty-five years. I mean, God might have different plans, but um, I don't I don't see that. And so where I where, where I'm saying. Um, it kind of goes both ways is sometimes people, young people, um, they, they leave the position early, but they don't set the, the next person yeah. stay. So, so, so some older people, maybe, uh, they, they, they kind of just keep on holding, holding on to that position because they don't know who else is going to take it. Other people are like, no, eh, you know, what? I'm, I'm good. I've, I've, I'm done, yeah. but they don't, oh, they don't, uh, and I think that's, person in. that's the difference between the generation that, uh, you know, our parents' generation, yeah. uh, they came from a generation where they're loyal. They worked at mm, jobs where good. they were there 20, 30, 40 sure. years versus, uh, you know, young millennials. They're, they're not sometimes always as consistent. They're wanting to, um, you know, look for the next step, which is nothing wrong with looking for yeah. what's next. What are you going to do with your life? Um, but a lot of times they, they want to, you know, they're not as tolerable of certain things that their parents were. Our parents were tolerable to bosses or, or, or leaders that were not as great to them, you know, and they were able to work through it mm-hmm. versus us. We're, we're like, well, wait a minute, let me go talk to HR or let me go <laughs> talk to the pastor about what's going on. And, yes. you know, and it, or we're not easily the one to push it under the rug and just forget about it and move forward. Uh-huh. We're wanting to make something, you know, make a difference or say something about it, and which is good. Um, but if an environment is in um, a good environment for us to be in, to grow in, we're, we're looking to see, well, either I'm going to be part of the solution where I'm allowed to be part of the solution or it's time for me to go look for something else mm-hmm. where I can be part of something much bigger. And yeah. I think that's what's happening with a lot of the leaders nowadays. Um, they're, they're wanting to just kind of move away from traditional sense of, of leadership, of how things are done. And, and young millennials are wanting to look at what what can be done? What can how can we progress? I don't want to be here at this level, but I want to be at this level. Where where are we going as a church? They want to see vision. If and if vision isn't being poured into them, you know, constantly and show them where where to go, they're just going to end up going somewhere else. Yeah. So, do you think that? Do you think that in general, uh, we're a less loyal generation? Um, <laughs> like may, may, maybe speaking speaking to like less loyal to a church. Less loyal to, like you said, like a, like it's, a job. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot easier for people nowadays to, and you can apply for all many senses of the fact that many young adults they they tend to kind of, um, you know, jump the gun. They're they're easily able to jump churches quick or jump jobs right, quick, right. and even jump marriages. Um, my wife and I were talking that recently, and we were we were counting about three to four or five different couples that are, are just ready to separate or get divorced. And it, it's crazy to see that because, you know, it, back then when, you know, our parents, you know, when they were growing up, I mean, for anybody to get divorced, it was like, God forbid that that would ever happen. And so people kind of, you know, stayed as long as they could with their spouse. But nowadays it's like, 
I'm seeing people that married two, three years, four years within the five year gap of them yeah. being married and they're already separated or divorced and they've moved on to other, you know, other things, you know, in their career and their yeah. personal life, you know, ministry of life as well. Right. And I'm, right, I'm trying to find an article, man, because I read something the other day that um, it was talking about church giving mm-hmm. and um, how I think it was like 50 percent of churches notice have noticed a decline with giving um, from from the millennial generation, mm-hmm. like we're 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 a less giving generation, and um, one of the uh, one of the reasons was um, that we give much less to tradition or, or out of loyalty, whereas you know the older generation, there if they've been giving for twenty years, they're going to continue giving because they're they're loyal to it, but millennials give to purpose. Right, mm-hmm. which is which is good, and I and I understand it. But at the same time, I, I do think, that, and that's why I asked the question. I think we're a little less of a loyal generation. Yeah, we we can be a li- little bit less loyal in the sense of maybe we're not as consistent. I think that's what it can it mm-hmm. can trickle down to, uh, where on purpose we we want to know where our monies are going to, or what is it that this church is trying to do. And so we're trying to figure that out versus the the older generation. It was just the fact that, you know, we just need to do it. We just have to do it. And a lot of times people are just giving and didn't really know what they were giving to or what was happening. They didn't question it. Mm -hmm. The older generation didn't question it. And I think what happens now is that this generation is asking why. Why is this happening? Why are we buying this? What are we doing with this? And and, and, and now leadership that's maybe in place that's older, like, oh, my gosh, like we're – how do I answer this? What do I say? You're asking for too much or, you know, it's, it's how are we going about doing this? And the young generation is wanting to know. And I think if you can help uh, bring about uh, who you are as a person and then, you know, tell them this is what you're trying to do. Be real with this generation. Mm -hmm. You could bring about then the vision of the church or, or vision of your organization into place. And you've already sold them on it where they're willing to open up their pocketbook. They're willing to invest into what you're doing, their time as well. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely a lot more analytical. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that. Very Google, Google analytical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and because of that, I think we just we don't see as much uh, loyalty in, in the masses because uh, before, if you just said something, if you said, hey, um, I don't know if you're, if you're trying to pick up an offering for, you know, for, for general purposes for, for the church. Uh, you know, the church needs funds. You know, this is the kingdom of God. This, you know, we're, we're, we're here to support the kingdom of God. Um, people would just say, yeah, I, I believe that. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't question, they wouldn't question anything. They were like, you know what? You're right, brother. Um, th- this is for the kingdom of God. Now, <laughs> now it's like, okay, but where, how are these funds going to be yeah. allocated? And depending on that, some people will, you know, they'll take their funds elsewhere. Yeah. And so we're, we're seeing, I guess, the, I don't, now I don't know if I want to use the word loyalty, but we're, we're seeing the support um, kind of shrink a little bit because it's yeah. more, it's, it's like more, it's gotta be more customizable because everyone is, is so analytical about everything. Yeah. So because everyone is so analytical about it, sometimes I, I don't agree with that. So I'm mm-hmm. going to go somewhere else. And what, what happened a lot is a lot of times for people, when they hear someone speak from the pulpit or from up on stage and they hear the speaker or the leaders speaking about what they're trying to do, um, back then it was like, you just took for word what they were saying because there was no other way to really question it. You know, you wouldn't want to question a pastor or a leader. And nowadays it's like when they're talking about whatever it is they're talking about up on stage, if they're talking about giving, 
uh, people right away, or even in, in the middle of a preaching, they'll Google what they're saying. They'll Google the scripture <laughs> or, you know, sermon.com or something like right. that, just to find out more information about what they're saying or what cause they're talking about, you know, and they'll, they'll want find out more information. But I think if, if you do a really good job of, of casting the vision and showing them who you really are and what you're trying to accomplish, I think you can, you can win those individuals. Um, and I think another thing that happens to a lot of churches is that they, they really don't take advantage, especially, uh, the traditional sense of the the giving aspects of it because everyone thinks that to give is is always to come up with the cash and, or checkbook and I'm thinking well, who has checkbooks nowadays yeah. you know you ask any young millennial adult young adult who has checkbook they kind of look at you some of them don't even know how to write a check you know and, and I think now a lot of churches are are needing to really push you know, online giving and, and, and those type of platforms where you could text your giving, you can do those kind of things. And uh, versus the older generation, they rather come to the altar and give their right. offering. But then the younger generation is like, well, you know what? Let me just give it from, from you know, from my phone. I, I can give that way. So right. taking advantage of that, I think that would definitely help. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely, you know, pros to being more analytical, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't want to, you don't want to be taken advantage of, obviously. And you want to, you want to have a good head on your shoulders and yeah. you want to be able to, to, you know, answer the question why, because mm-hmm. people are asking it these days Oh yeah, and, and we deserve to know why, you know, Definitely. um, but at the, at, at the same time, it, like I said, it'll kind of, uh, it'll kind of do things to, to the, to the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you've, you've been, you've been working with young adults, um, uh, f- for a long time. Um, are, are there any key lessons that you've, that you've learned just working with, with uh, you know n- newer uh, newer mentalities and newer mindsets, um, you know w- w- we were saying before before the the uh, other uh, <laughs> podcast kind of got ruined and, and deleted. Um, we were saying that it, it's uh, it, even if you're a millennial, you know, for any given generation, there's about a 15 year you know uh, age span. So for millennials, it's 81 to 96. Um, and I was saying that I'm, I kind of fall right there in the, in, in the center. I'm 89. And so I've, I've always had friends that are older than me and I can relate to them and I have, I have a good time with them. I can hang out with them. Same thing on the, on the tail end of the spectrum. I have younger friends that I can, I can relate to because we're not that far in mm-hmm. age difference. But if, if now I'm, tw- I'm 29 years old, about to be 30 in a couple months, if someone turns 18 years old, now they're all of a sudden a young adult. And I'm I'm to speak to them and try to reach them and try to engage with them and try to relate to them. That might be a little bit harder because that's that's like almost 12 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever if you had that ex, you know experience of of being able to relate to someone. Yeah, and man, it's 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 challenging because I'm I'm actually on the older end of the millennial, and so is I can understand certain things. I'm, I'm actually I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm in the middle of it, but I'm also on the older side of it because. We have friends that uh, people we know older that are in the Gen X group, but then we know people that are younger than a young millennial, you know, and the younger side of it, you know, like I have a little brother that's, you know, his early 20s, I have a uh, brother-in-law's in early 20s. And so to be able to talk to them, it's, you know, it's a lot different than talking to someone my age or around my age in the mid 30s, late 30s, um, because, you know, people, you know, that age that are younger, they they come with the sense, and I think it comes with, with with everybody that comes in that sense of of they feel like they already have this this idea of what they want to do, you know, a lot of times. And I feel like, man, for the longest, I was trying to figure out what I want to do in my life. And you know, a lot of times they, you know, we want to just assume the role of knowing this is 
I know this, I know how to do this. And it's like, you, you have all the answers, but yet there's so much more you can learn from the older generation. And I try to learn, you know, I try to take that, you know, into consideration learning from it. So I think talking to someone that's younger, um, in, in the younger sense of younger millennial is really just trying to understand where they're coming from with it instead of trying to impose everything on them. Because, um, I think it's something to really understand with it. I think I remember hearing, um, reading a book, from uh, Stephen Covey, uh, First Things First, talking about the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm-hmm. And one of the habits talks about seek first to understand, then to be understood. And you can apply it across all the boards because you can use that and to understand a person. Too many times when you talk to someone, you want to already defend what your role is or your yeah. position and you're trying, you know, when, you're, when they're talking to you. And a lot of times I think it's just about listening to them and understanding where they're coming from it, with it. And I think if you, if you take the time to do that with the younger generation or even the older generation, you can understand where they're coming from, why they're thinking the way they're thinking. And then you can kind of respond, uh, not with the intent to, you know, uh, rebuttal or anything like that, but with the sense of let me, let me understand where you're coming from with it. Let me respond with, with purpose. And I think that's what a lot of times they just want to feel like they belong somewhere. Um, these younger, you know, millennials, they want to belong somewhere. They want to be part of a community. And I think if we try to undermine that, they're going to be steered away and go somewhere else and do something totally different. So you think, do you think some churches would fail, um, just, just by assuming they, they know what, uh, these younger people want? Yeah, yeah, actually, and you can apply assumption to all across the board sure. because if you assume, oh well, they're you know, which we we talk about all the time, the millennials are entitled, they're lazy, <laughs> this and that. Well, not all of them are like that. Right. You know, it's like if I were to say, well, the older generation is is uh, is, is very uh, loyal and and they don't want, they're too comfortable, they don't want to get out of this position that they're just there because of the title and all. I mean, that wouldn't be the case for everybody. So I think don't really assume that everybody's the same way. I think it's more of take every individual as, you know, as who they are and try to understand who they are right. uh, for the most part. Um, I know that sometimes the younger generation doesn't want to listen. They don't want to listen to what, you know, the next person up is trying to tell them. They might think that they're this big star or big person and really, they may not, and you might just have to let them talk. You have to let them say what yeah. they got to say, and and just try to understand where they're coming from with it. Yeah. So creating relationships is is that's that's really important. Yeah, to, it to sure understand is. people because that's that's so good that what you're saying. Uh, uh, I, I see, I, I can see how that could be the case. And a lot of times, we'll hear people say, um, I, "I was your age once," right? Like that automatically makes me an expert on on who you are, right? Yeah. Because I was your age once. I was I was eighteen once. I know what eighteen year olds go through. Um, but I mean, if I'm the same age as another person, we could be completely different. We can have different upbringings, completely different experiences that make us too unrelatable. So mm-hmm. just because you were someone's age once doesn't make, doesn't make you an expert on, on that age group. No, right? because, uh, it seasons change, age, sure. culture changes, you know, like if I always ask my dad, you know, my mom, Hey, how were things when you were 37 years old? And you know, for my mom, we're about 20 years apart. So mm-hmm. 37 was back in the late nineties. I was only like 17 and she was 37. And so it's just like, it was a whole lot different. It was a different time period versus now when I'm 37, mm-hmm. a whole lot of things have changed from all around the world. So it's, 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 it's different. You know, you, you can't necessarily say, well, I was, yes, you were that age, but you were not in the same culture or, or environment as a lot of people because, um, a lot of things have changed since, you know, 20, 30 years back. Yeah. I think, and I, I wanted to, 
I want to have a, a podcast where I bring in um, about you know four or five different you know younger 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 millennials you know 21 22 um, and just just kind of get their feedback you know what what are you guys looking for um, in a church what are you guys looking for you know in, in a worship experience and obviously that's going to change um, but I think I think churches should should have those conversations um, with with at least their their members like what are you looking for yeah I, I really believe that a lot of the the great ideas are going to come out. They're going to come out from these younger generation because they're, they're looking at church in a certain way. And a lot of them, for them, it's not necessarily coming into a building mm-hmm. uh, that you come in once a week. And I think church needs to happen a lot more than just that because you can't give it justice to say, well, in an hour and a half, you know, or an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday, that's that's enough for, you know, every, any any individual, especially a young person. I think you need to continually have church throughout the week. How are you uh, being intentional as a church and to try to reach them? You know, are you doing some small groups? Are you doing some support groups? Um, some ways of, of, of getting together, any gathering outside of the church where it's almost like you have to keep the mind busy, the, right. the individual busy. I, I always used to hear that, you know, you need to be busy in the kingdom's work, you know, because the mind wanders. And it, and it does because if if people are not gathering together, not doing things together, like as a community, as a tight-knit group, uh, man, your mind wanders. You start to do other things or you start to follow other group or someone else that isn't exactly in church. And it will start to allow you to do other things that you really shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's what needs to happen where we can, uh, you know, have those real conversations. You know, what what would what, how can we support you? What can we do to help you in your spiritual walk and your right. journey? Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm never suggesting that that churches, you know, bend over backwards for for people like if it means compromising mm-hmm. certain things, uh, especially things, you know, you know, biblical things. Um, and we we should stop trying to cater so much uh, to people. But at the same time, this is, you know, ministry is is uh, it's two people, you know, it, it's for God, but it's it's towards people to bring mm-hmm. them uh, to God. So, yeah. you know, there, there are some there are some things that we need to be aware of. And so I, I want to ask you. Um, I just want to ask you what's worked for you, maybe what hasn't worked for you. And um, I want to keep in mind kind of the specific demographic because just because it has worked for you doesn't mean that it would work for for everyone. Um, but you you pastored, uh, what, what was the age group you would say? Um, we had a pretty much the age group that we targeted was 18 to 35. Okay. Um, okay. We would get a lot of 18 to 30. And, and even then, that's a, that's a huge, that's, that's uh, big, it's yeah. a big age Deal. I mean, imagine you're you're in a group and you have a 33, 34 year old, but then you have a recently graduated high school graduate, yeah. 18, 19 years old, and I mean it, it's a big uh, you know age gap. So we would um, pretty much get a lot, a good amount of 18, 30 year olds okay. that we would work with. 18 and 30. Okay. Yeah. And um, predominantly what, Hispanic culture. Yeah, Hispanic. I mean, we would get some Caucasian or African American there, but it was predominantly Hispanic. Okay. Yeah. Um, so based on you know just those rough, you know, de- demographics, uh, because I know that some people might be listening and, and, and wondering like what's, what's worked for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what has worked? What, what did you find that really connected, um, with your, with your group during your, during your experience working with them? Well, man, where do I start? <laughs> um, I would say it was when, uh, when I, we just wanted to do it our way, you know, like if it was something, you know, working it where, it was based on our schedule. Like if Lucy and I, like we would look at the year, we would look at the months and the days and we would plan out our calendar with our leaders and 
we basically would would run a lot of the stuff through our schedule in order for us to be there, or at least for one of us to be there. And of course, it became more difficult whenever our daughter Lindsay came in the picture because it was more me being there. And I think if if I was to go back and maybe do it again, uh, we would try to do it around their schedule. Okay, you know where you guys it's really you guys. Mm-hmm. It's you know, and yes, we were giving some empowerment here there. But I think if we were to to say, well, you know what, it's around what you guys can do. Uh, we're only able to do it this much. But you know what, you guys have all the capabilities of the leaders to make it happen. You know, we don't always have to be at everything. And I, I and we always felt like we had to be there, or, oh, yeah, or we felt like we we had to be there once a month for that Bible study or for that service. And so we, you know, we had to learn, you know, that we don't always have to be there. And I think it became more challenging when we had a daughter. But if I was to do it again, I would say, man, just go back and be like, you know what? Let's work it around y'all's schedule. Not our schedule, but y'all's schedule. Okay. How can it work for y'all? Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. And I, that's a good point that you make that we feel as leaders that we have, to be, we have to be at everything. And that mentality will quickly drain us. Yes, it certainly in does. fast pace. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that ministers get burnt out. Yes, days, very much so. We're not just, um, we're not just, a lot of us aren't just doing ministry. I'm not just doing ministry. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that, that, that I'm involved with. I like, I like being kept busy, yeah. you know? Um, and if I were to ever think, well, I have to be at every single mm-hmm. thing, man, that's going to, that's going to drain me. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah. You gotta, you have to learn as a leader, be able to say no to certain things. Um, if, if you become a yes man, yes, sir, you know, always. And mm-hmm. yeah, can you be here to open up the church? Yeah, I can be there. Can you take the youth to this trip? And you know, can you, uh, do this, do that? And it's not to say that you don't want to serve the church or serve the organization you're at, but it's learning when to say yes and when to say no. And it's okay to say no to things. It's okay not to go to certain things. Um, you know, and, and just being real honest with the leadership, because if you allow them to just, you know, dictate everything a part of your life, then they're going to run your life and you're not going to be able to uh, enjoy life with your family and those you care about because you're always saying, yes, you can't do this. Oh, why? Because I have to go do as a church and yeah. eventually your family's going to get frustrated with it and you, sure. you will get burned out from sure. it. Yeah. And on the other end, as leaders, I think we should recognize when we're asking too much of people. Like yep. if we, if I see you as a yes man, oh, that's going to be easy for me. I, I'm, I'm going to take advantage mm-hmm. of that. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm going to go as Jesse because yeah. Jesse's always, and, and, and it's not, we're not necessarily taking advantage. We're mm-hmm. just, we're seeing your loyalty yes. and, and we're going to kind of, we're going to use that. Um, and, and so I think sometimes as leaders, we need to recognize, Hey man, I'm, I'm asking a lot of this guy. Mm-hmm. I, I ask him for something every week. Let me, let me give him a break. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that would go a lot, a oh, long yeah. way for, Definitely. for that person. Um, that's good. That's good. Um, what about in, what about in like your church services? Um, what are they, what do they respond to? And I know that's kind of a big, you said 18 to 30 to, you know, maybe 35. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you have a lot of people that um, had kids and di- didn't have kids? Yeah, actually we did have, I mean, the large basis of it was young, single adult that, mm-hmm. that either weren't married or didn't have kids. But we actually, the, the conversation came up because we would get come, we would have, uh, it came up because we would have young married couples come in. And then we would have young couples with kids who come in and they fit the age, you know, that yeah. they identified in the age. But because of where they're at in their season, their life, they, we really didn't have a, a young couples class or maybe something, you know, for them. And we even had some single moms that would come with kids. And so we welcomed them in. I mean, we just brought them in. I mean, because it was it was because of that worship experience, that word they needed and they, they needed to be connected somewhere. And it wasn't necessarily that. 
they were able to go to a lot of the gatherings outside of the, the weekly service we had. But it was just the fact that they fit that age group and they were able to identify because of the age. They didn't really identify with the older men and older women in our church. Yeah. And so they said, you know what, I'd rather you know, identify with you guys because, man, this is something I need for my life. Yeah. And I've, I've always been, uh, you know, I, I love this topic because um, statistically, the, the, the younger people, you know, they, they seem to be leaving churches. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm very interested in, in, in how to keep them in, how to, yeah. how to bring them in, um, because it's, it's a lot. We, we have two services um, here at our church. We have a, we have a Spanish one. It, it's a little bit, it's not more traditional, but uh, the age group is a lot older. People that have been here for for years they're very loyal mm-hmm. um i we can count um we can count on about the same number of attendants week after week in the spanish service i i know you know i know what i'm gonna get when i when i walk in um uh, to the service uh, at nine o'clock sundays now the english service we have we have more attendance but it's it's very volatile like and sometimes i walk in i have no idea what we're gonna get Tomorrow, I have no idea. I don't know if it's going to be mm-hmm. a packed house. I don't know if it's going to be very low numbers. I mean, typically during summertime, a lot of a lot of our people kind of you know they they take a vacation. Um, but but that's 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 the thing. Like I, I I'm interested in how how we keep the younger generation engaged and interested and wanting to come to church. And as a you as a young adults pastor. Um, I imagine that you've had to kind of ask yourself that question before. And so that's why I'm asking, like, that, what that's, works? That's interesting because um, we, we were in a kind of a similar predicament with our young adults. We would um, we would see one group of young adults show up one, one Tuesday, and then we would have another group of young adults that um, seemed like they would come in the following week. And so the week after that, we would get the ones that came in from that first week, yeah. you know, coming in. So it seemed like we almost had two different groups. Yeah. But it's because they, a lot of these people, because they're working or they're going to school or they're just, you know, the ones that provide for their family, um, they're just, you know, because of time, they're only able to be there maybe twice a month instead of the four times. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's where it things have changed in that sense, you know, because before, um, you know, the old generation was like, no, we have to be there midweek, every week, loyal to it. And now... I think because they don't feel as bad as like, well, I just missed this week. You know, it's not that big of a deal. And the same thing on Sunday. I think it, it happens as well. We, we've ran into the same thing with our English service at church where sometimes you don't know what kind of group you're going to expect. You might mm-hmm. get a full house of, of or pretty much everybody you would expect to get. But then it's, you know, maybe a smaller amount that you're like, wow, you know, must be something going on or yeah. the graduation season is summer or something's going on and it's a holiday season, you know, weekend or something like that. So that tends to happens a lot. And I think because the times have changed where it used to be more religious, where people were more of, I need to be there on Sunday. I have to be there on Sunday. Where yeah, it's church more, was their priority. It, really. it, it became, yeah, it became that. And now it's not that they're bad people necessarily, right. in the, but because it's like, well, I have other things going on, and it hasn't become that priority as it should be, as always. You know, I, I have friends, man. They'll have games on Sundays, you know, they have to take their kids to. Yeah, or yeah. they have a, an outing or something like that. And I've even, you know, I've stepped out on a Sunday where we have this going on with family. You know, last weekend was Father's Day weekend, and we took my dad out to eat and took him to the Astros game. We, you know, missed Father's Day at church. And it was always used to be for years, always at church, Father's Day, Father's Day. 
And I'll say, well, let's do something different. I think nowadays it's become more flexible in the sense of people are open to the idea of maybe doing other things than just necessarily going to church on Sunday. Yeah. So in order to engage them and keep people engaged, I think people just need to feel like they belong to like a community, belong to something um, in order to, I mean, you're going to have those Sundays where it's once in a while somebody misses during midweek. But in order to, for the people to feel like they're engaged, I think the what you need to do is, is, is really find out what are people uh, wanting to be part of? You know, what are you wanting to offer? You know, how are they growing? What 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 talent can they bring that you can interject to the church? You know, and I think a lot of times the church gets people that comes in and they get a lot of people to go out. But it's like, how, how do you what do you do with those people? What can you do to get them connected, involved? How do I get them to be engaged with it? And I think people just want to feel like they're they're part of something big, mm-hmm. bigger. And I think if they're not part of that, the big equation sure. or where people are asking them, what do you think about this? They don't feel like, well, I mean, I can miss or, hey, I don't need to be here. I don't need to give as yeah. much because they feel like, you know, what, I can just kind of do my own thing. Yeah. You know? It goes back to that that um, that statistic or that reason that I that I gave earlier from that article that uh, if they don't feel like there's a purpose, um, they, they won't be as engaged. And so. Yeah, uh, I think churches need to be uh, conscious of that major shift that's taking place. I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing or, or a bad thing because uh, you know, generation before us, they're they're more like, okay, I can't miss church because I have to be there. Yeah. I have to go. Now it's well, I can miss church if I don't want to go, mm-hmm. right? And so, so the 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 thought of I have to be there is not even it's not even there. It's yeah. it's more of a if I feel like it or not, and so churches and ministries are having to like i said cater a little bit more to yeah. their their desires and so like i said i don't, I don't know if that's a i don't know if that's a good thing i, I don't know if it's a bad thing yeah. uh I, I would for me you know i i would think that we should all have that that urgency mm-hmm. to, to to be at church because it's, yeah. it, it's biblical you know it, it, it's it's scriptural and uh you know, we're told to gather with one another, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I I get I get that sometimes you know um, there could be there can be an event or there could be a service that uh, I don't know m- might not get you too excited because of I don't know maybe some of the yeah. the the content that's going to be present, um, but I don't I don't know man uh, maybe I'm a little bit more traditional in my yeah. mindset than I than I originally <laughs> thought. Yeah, um, because I, I do I do feel like it should be about responsi- responsibility priority mm-hmm. rather than uh, just a, a feeling if if I want to. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's uh, that's kind of the age that we're living in. So we need to yeah. kind of. Um, yeah, and and that's something I think I told I was telling Lucy and my wife, and I think I told my brothers like, man, one of these days I'm gonna write a book about how millennials and <laughs> and, and baby boomers can work together, or, yeah, or how good. or how can. Uh, Millennials can work with the younger generation or something like that. And I'm sure there may be something or may or may not be something out there, but because um, it, it's important, man. I think pe- I think people did not expect what they expected from this generation that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a lot different. It's, yeah. it's put businesses out of business yeah. uh, because businesses that were so used to getting business because of the old generation and, and they thought that it was going to come about. I, I think I remember seeing. Um, the difference between some of the businesses that have been around for a long time that now they're no longer business because 
of the digital age. You know, you look at businesses like Blockbuster. Now you have Redbox. Blockbuster's out of business. Redbox, I mean, not Redbox. Uh, Netflix has taken over. It went from Redbox to Netflix. But Netflix is all digital. You know, people don't want to leave their houses and want to be right. at home and rather get it from the palm of their hand. And, um, you know, same thing with the, the taxi world. You know, taxis thought that they had the you know, the monopoly of everything. And now it's like Uber and Lyft had just taken over and mm-hmm. same thing with hotels, you know, hotels yeah, thought yeah. that because they can be f- fancier and they can charge so much more. And then when Airbnb came in, it right. just seemed like they just took over and it just became a whole different thing. So I think yeah. you really got to, you know, know the generation, you know, speak their language. And I think in order to understand the younger generation, the present generation, the older one, speak their language, understand where they're coming from. Because if you're not willing to understand them, they're not, they're not going to want to understand who you are, mm-hmm. uh, where you're coming from. Uh, they're going to feel like you're trying to impose everything on them. They're, they're going to think that you're trying to judge them for what they are, who they are. And I think if you're willing to take a stand and just be able to listen to them and, and work with them and not be authoritative to them, right. I think you can work together for the greater good. Right. Yeah. That's good, man. And I think that goes the other way. And I'm always, I'm always, I'm, I'm thinking like that constantly. Like, mm-hmm. man, I, I wish the older, I wish the older generation would, would, uh, understand the, you know, the millennials, mm-hmm. uh, our generation, the younger people. Um, but at the same time, I, I kind of find myself, um, standing a little guilty because I'm like, well, have I taken the time to maybe understand them? Yeah. Um, because, you know, I'm 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 a millennial pastor, pastoring uh, not just millennials, but uh, an older generation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, baby boomers, and and uh, you know, I, I sometimes I'm frustrated. Like, man, uh, when are they gonna when are they gonna uh, see? You know, that that the times have changed. Um, but at the same time, they're they're still here. They're still mm-hmm. around, and they they still crave you know certain things, just like just like all of us do. Yeah. Um. So I think it's I think it's just us understanding each other and mm-hmm. and, and and speaking the, the other's language that'd be a great book for you to write man. yeah yeah uh-huh. i'd love to do that after so, finish school <laughs> yeah man yeah. um well cool bro i want to ask you maybe one more question here um about making the transition from from youth to young adult that's that seems like a major, it's always kind of baffled me like when you on your 18th birthday all of a sudden you're you're an adult, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're an adult and, uh, you, you can, you can do certain things that you weren't able to do the yeah. day before. And, um, it's, it's not, it's not like, you know, mentally you, you flip this switch mm-hmm. and you're a completely different person. Yeah. You're matured. Um, but that's kind of what happens when, when someone graduates high school mm-hmm. and they come into, to, to, to young adult ministry. Yeah. Um, is, is there a, is there a good way that you, you're able to kind of, um, have them make the transition? Yeah, um, it that that time period is such a it's such a t- tough transition because a lot of times people are so used to being with friends, especially when you, when you're in high school and you're graduating. You have you always have younger friends uh-huh. that are there, not just the ones that are in the present age. You know, you're in or, or much older, uh, but you always have that younger, and you want to have that connection with them. Uh, what we would try to do is we would try to invite the seniors, uh, of seniors in high school, from when they start that fall year and we would invite them to be part of uh, our young adult services, young adult gatherings. Uh, of course, when it came to trips and we went to like, you know, a retreat or something like that, we always asked for them to be 18 at least mm-hmm. just for liability reasons. Um, you know, we don't want somebody wandering off with 17, 16 year old or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good. But uh, we, we would, we would do that that way. Whenever um, they would finally graduate from high school, 
the transition was smooth. Uh, we would try to, you know, connect them with young adults that were a little older, that some of them maybe that had already finished college or were already close to finishing. We would try to connect them that way they would understand, you know, how does uh, college work? You know, how does financial aid work? Man, how does, how does a lot of them have questions? They don't know how to do certain things. They don't know how to fill out a college application or or do some of the things online, you know, to try to get them going with college or, or in the work work uh, career wise. And so we would try to do that, try to help them in that sense. And I think, you know, you, you have to bridge the gap somehow. Somehow you have to cut. It's almost like you have to cut the cord and, yeah. and you know, for them to spread their wings and fly. And, and a lot of times we see people that they want to hold on to their youth. They want to hold on to them. And, and we're we're not meant to hold on to individuals for a long time. You know, just like in young adults, man, there's been, been young adults that we don't want them to leave. Yeah. We don't want them to get married yet or <laughs> we don't want them to, to leave and or move away. And it's the same way with, with young people. You have to understand you only have them for, for those six, seven years you have them. Unless they're, they're, you're, they become a, a leader in your group or a sponsor or, or even a parent that, that comes back later, years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you only have them for that long. And when they transition from youth, you know, they're going on to a different season where you're going to get a new group of, of youth, you know. And, and if you trained them up right, you taught them right, you know, th- there's a possibility that they could continue to come back or, or they may come back and be the, the, the main youth leader, whatever the case may be. But you have to be able to bridge that gap. And I think what happens is in a lot of churches, it gets lost. A lot of those young people between 18 and 20 years old, they, they still want to be in youth. Mm-hmm. And I find it kind of, you know, I remember back then growing up, it was like, it, it was like, man, you had youth until like 40 years old. You know, people were in the youth for that long. And, you know, I remember back then they would say, oh, yeah, man, youth ministry is from like 12 to like 30. And then it went to 35 and then 40. I'm like, you know, you think about it back then, it's like, man, it was okay. But now it's, it's kind of creepy, man. To, you know, you'd be in worship <laughs> service and then you have like a 25-year-old or 23-year-old and, and is worshiping next to like a 13, 14-year-old. And, yeah. you know, and or they're going on a trip. They're going, you know, somewhere. And it's like, you know, they're there and they're not, exer- they're, they're not a leader. They're just going on the trip because they just want to go. And it's just like, <laughs> wait a minute, you're not a leader. You're not a sponsor or parent. Like, you know, you're just coming along for the ride. And, and so those are the kind of things you, you eventually have to kind of like, all right, you know, I think it's time for you to kind of move forward. You know, what's next in your life? And let me let me connect you to, to, to this young adult pastor, young adult leader that you could be able to do that. And I think that's what we need to see happen is where uh, there needs to be like a bridge of a gap. Yeah, man, that's good, man. Uh, that's, that's, that's really great uh, insight. And I, I think I think you've uh, you've worked with them long enough to, you know, to really uh, provide such such a good uh, feedback on that because uh, this is this is a this is a time where I think you know churches uh, re- we really need to reach these younger younger people these uh, you know these people that, that are stepping out of, of high school and, and going to college and you know sometimes they go to a college that um, they they don't have any intentions of, of, of attending a church or maybe they try um, but you know the college experience kind of just overtakes them and um, so they, they kind of never come back so there, there's, there's a lot there that we need to be able to, um, we need to be able to reach them, right? And we need to be able to provide um, the things that they that they desire out of out of life and out of you know out of church and you know uh, young, young people they're very relational. We're very rela- we we like to we like community and and we like establishing meaningful relationships. We don't like to do things just just to do things mm-hmm. you know with no purpose. Um, just because it's tradition, we're, we're a very, very non-traditional generation. And so we need to be uh, aware of those things, I think, in order to, uh, to reach them and, and, 
and bring them to church, man, and keep them in church. And then they'll, they'll have kids and their kids will keep, you know, coming to church because that's, that's the way that it's going to happen. That's, that's the way that the decline of, of, of the evangelical church is going to happen. Um, is if we don't reach these young people and then they have kids and their kids don't come to church. And then eventually we're just going to reach this point where we kind of, kind of just die off. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this is a, it's a really important conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think more churches need to have it amongst themselves and amongst them, their leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, how are we going to bring in uh, younger people? How are we going to reach them? How are we going to keep them here? Um, so that was the purpose of today's conversation. And I really appreciate you coming by and sharing that, um, with me. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I'm glad, uh, was able to come by and just talk to you for, for this time and, be able to share a lot about what's going on in young adults and you know i don't know it all but man it, it almost seems like you keep learning more about them yeah, and, and always, you know yeah. even now after the fact that we're not in that ministry working directly with them but you you see people grow up mm -hmm. through it and, and it's it's an it's an amazing time uh being in young adults and stuff and then transitioning to the next part of of one's life so yeah. man but it was great being here man yeah yeah man what's 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 next for you after after this after baby number two <laughs> what, what do you got uh, ba baby number three no number three. <laughs> <laughs> no not that quick uh okay. we uh actually man I, i'm looking forward to um uh, you know finishing school next may uh god willing everything works out um and then just kind of still continue what i'm doing um, i'm working right now with the city i'm working with the health department okay. um so i mean uh, it, it's it's been a great ride working with them been there with for about a year and a half or so and and uh from there just kind of you know continue uh you know do more of this stuff you know yeah. be able to um speak you know in, in leadership you know sessions or or be able to go out and preach when i can it's opened me up more since since September, I've had a lot more opportunities to get out more uh, out of Texas and even within Texas to go and speak and preach to young people, young adults, and even churches and stuff. So it's it's great, man. I hope to continue to be able to still do that as well. Yeah, man. Well, keep doing what you're doing, man. You've been a blessing to, to me in my life, and um, I know that you're going to be a blessing to everyone who listens to cool. this. And um, we'll uh, we'll have to do this again yeah, later, definitely. And uh, maybe maybe bring in Lucy and, and yeah. just have you guys you know yeah. dialogue and, and and see uh see what happens, man. Yeah. You guys are you guys are awesome. And um, I think later you invited us to go over to your yeah to your house. Yeah, dude. So like, hang anyone out. who's listening, come over to, to Jesse's house later. You're gonna be, <laughs> be too yeah, it might be too late. Yeah, probably, probably be too late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So don't go over. Uh, but yeah, man. Cool, um, man. Yeah, really good, really good having you on today. Yeah, definitely. And um, we'll, we'll do it again soon. Yeah, God we'll do that, you, man. Thank you, man. Right, man. God bless All you, right. bro. All right, have a good one. All right, that was my interview with Jesse Carballo. I really hope that you enjoyed uh, the content there. If you did, I would encourage you to share this episode with someone and leave a rating or a review. I want to remind you of the importance of ratings and reviews. Uh, so if you're enjoying the content, please go over to iTunes and leave one. And make sure that you subscribe so that you're never missing an episode. We've got some really good content coming your way here very soon. So please do make sure that you are subscribed. Uh, thank you guys for, for listening, and we will talk to you soon. God bless.